and welcome everybody to From Overwhelm to Grounded Action, a discussion following our viewing of the story of plastic. Uh, we are so excited to have you all here. We are kicking things off right at uh, seven o'clock here because we want to make sure that we have the maximum amount of time for this discussion. Uh, and so we are so excited to be here with you all. My name is Imbra Kelly. I use she and her pronouns, and I am with the Fourth Universalist Society in the city of New York. This event is also co-sponsored by Beyond Plastics, UU Ministry for Earth, as well as New York UU Justice. And I'm just so excited about this collaborative effort, and I'm so excited for this discussion tonight. The documentary was truly moving, uh, but it was also powerful and impactful. And a lot of these discussions around climate can really really weigh you down sometimes. And part of our goal with this event is to uh, lift the discussion into thinking about the actions that we're taking and to thinking about how that gives us hope for the future, optimism for the future. Uh, and so that is what we hope that you will leave here with tonight. Uh, and as it is an educational space, we hope that you will be respectful to those that are here with you uh, and that we try and do our best to make sure that this is a respectful space. Uh, and with that, I hand it over to the Reverend Dr. Leonisa Artizone for a chalice lighting to start us off. Good evening. We light this chalice tonight with gratitude for being together as we struggle with feelings of anger and overwhelm. May this light we kindle serve as a beacon for all gathered here as we engage our heads, hearts, and minds to bring a new reality into being. And I invite us all, we're going to begin with a guided meditation slash prayer slash reading. And I encourage you to find yourself in a comfortable position. We just watched some pretty intense stuff there. And I know we're all maybe feeling uh, bubbly and not in a good way, maybe, but we're here together to address that. But let's take a moment to ground ourselves. You can have your eyes open or closed. Maybe your feet are touching the floor, which is our facsimile of the earth at this point. Maybe you wanna put a hand on your heart or even somewhere on your body where you can remind yourself to keep breathing. And I will read these words to you as we gather together. We have forgotten who we are. We have forgotten who we are. We have alienated ourselves from the unfolding of the cosmos. We have become estranged from the movements of the earth. We have turned our backs on the cycles of life. We have forgotten who we are. We have sought only our own security, we have exploited simply for our own ends. We have distorted our knowledge. We have abused our power. We have forgotten who we are. Now the land is barren and the waters are poisoned and the air is polluted. 
we have forgotten who we are. Now the forests are dying and the creatures are disappearing and humans are despairing. We have forgotten who we are. We ask forgiveness. We ask for the gift of remembering. We ask for the strength to change. We have forgotten who we are. Amen. Thank you for that, Reverend Dr. Lee Nisa. Friends, welcome. It's so good to be with you. Um, my name is Allie Tharp. Let me make sure. Can you all see me? Yes. Okay. Fabulous. Yes. I'm the co-director of the Unitarian Universalist Ministry for Earth. It's a, an honor and a pleasure to be here with you all and to be um, leading this conversation that we are about to have with some awesome special guests. I know right now we have um, two of the people who you just saw on the screen, the um, executive producer of this film, Stiv Wilson. Stiv, uh, his pr pronouns are he and him. Stiv is an award-winning activist, filmmaker, and educator working on marine conservation, plastic pollution, petrochemical production, and human rights. Stiv co-authored a global estimate of the abundance of plastics in five oceans in the peer-reviewed journal Plus One and helped pass national policy, the Plastic Free Water Act, signed into law by President Obama in 2015. Stiv Wilson's first feature length documentary, we just watched the story of plastic and you can also continue to watch it for the rest of this week if you didn't catch it today or on a previous day. The story of plastic received several awards, including an Emmy for its documentary writing. And currently Stiv is working with the federal lawmakers to use this film to support the first comprehensive national plastics legislation, the Break Free from Plastic Pollution Act. Welcome Stiv, thank you so much for making time to be with us today. And I'm wondering if one of my tech hosts can help pin, uh, pin us all together on the screen. Thank you. And we are also joined by Sharon Levine, the founder of Rise St. James. Sharon is the recipient of the 2021 Goldman Environmental Prize for North America for her dedication to fighting for environmental justice in her community and in recognition of her leadership with Rice St. James in St. James Parish, Louisiana, one of the communities most affected by plastic and petrochemical pollution. In September of 2019, Sharon Levine was a special education teacher turned environmental justice advocate, successfully stopping the construction of a $1.25 billion plastic manufacturing plant proposed in de for development in St. James Parish. Levine moved grassroots opposition to the project, educated community members and organized peaceful protests to defend her predominantly African-American community. The plant would have generated 1 million pounds in liquid hazardous waste annually in a region already contending with known carcinogens and toxic air pollution. Thank you as well, Sharon, so much for making time to be with us today. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you. And is Reverend Joseph here, Pastor yes. Joseph? Yes, I am. Amazing, you're in the same room. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. how you doing? I'm good. I'm so yeah. glad you're here. Good. Okay. So for some reason, 
is can everyone else see the three of us? My Zoom is being a little funky. I would love to just spotlight us together. I just got in front of the screen. Awesome. Okay. Thank you all. So let's just dive into it. I wanted to um, start with um, Pastor Joseph and Sharon, if you wouldn't mind going first and just sharing with us, what is your story of being activated and called into this work to stop environmental racism and degradation in your community and how that ties in with the greater climate justice struggle? If you would just tell us a little bit more about who you are. Well, I'm Sharon Levine from Rye St. James. I was born and raised in St. James Parish. Our district has, well, our parish has seven districts. Um, we live in the fifth district and um, we started to fight for most of plastics when our governor announced that it was approved to come into St. James Parish. And in October, we formed Rise St. James. And that's when we, that's the spark that made us start this organization. Um, and I'm Pastor Harry Joseph from St. James. Our pastor of Mount Tryon Baptist Church and I've been here now going on, pastoring there 11 years. And I got involved uh, with the industries in 2011, which uh, that was the Bayou Bridge Pipeline. And I started there. And so far, we've been just fighting everything that's trying to come into St. James. Thank you for your, for your efforts, your leadership in this. Stiv, how about you? Well, I'm Steve Wilson. I'm a co-director of Peak Plastic Foundation and the creator of the story of plastic film. And I think, you know, my, my career sort of spanned uh, about 15 years looking at the plastics from the downstream issue. And, you know, I took a trip to the Philippines about nine, 10 years ago now. And really understood the intersection of human rights. And that journey just has continued to inform my work and ultimately get me to folks like Ms. Sharon, um, who I've had the pleasure of working with and interviewing on the upstream effects. And, you know, I think in the climate movement, we've had a lot of success. Uh, we're seeing the energy sector uh, change. We're seeing, you know, the electrification of transportation. What we're not tracking very well is the multi-billion dollar pivot the oil and gas industry is making to plastics. And it's synonymous. Uh, you know, the work that Rising James has done is an example of the true power of grassroots and the power of story to create a result. I think where our work you know, moving forward is, is going to exist is amplifying uh, groups like Rising James. And we're working on a new film, which is actually entitled uh, Goliath is Wobbling, which I took from an interview from Ms. Sharon, where she literally said, um, Goliath, Goliath hasn't fallen yet, but he's wobbling. And we're going to go. And so uh, my production partner and I were like, that's the title of our next film. 
And so um, I'm excited to get back down to Louisiana. I haven't had the pleasure of meeting Pastor Joseph yet. Um, we've been in, you know, we're uh, Zoom rooms and things together. Um, but uh, we're, we're putting together the budget. This is going to be significantly bigger production than the story of plastic. Um, but it will still be, it will still be uh, frontline voices front and center because until we amplify those voices and until we resource groups that are working at the front and fence line, we don't have the leadership to solve these problems. These are not gonna be solved in DC. They are not gonna be solved at the UN unless the grassroots is not at the table, is setting the table. And so our work is focused entirely on amplifying that leadership and transforming power because the power structures in this country need to look like the people of this country if we're gonna have the policies that promote justice and human rights. Amen. Yes. So I love that the Goliath is wobbling. <laughs> That's awesome, exciting. Sharon doesn't even know that yet. I haven't even told her. <laughs> he sure didn't. <laughs> but, but, but I remember him. He and I were talking, and I said, uh, "David and Goliath—it's a David and Goliath fight, and Goliath is wobbling, but he haven't fallen yet." So I do want to ask you on this subject: we are in a David Goliath struggle, struggle, and it's hard. I think you, y'all, know more than anyone how hard it is to keep your energy up, to keep your faith and your spirit up. And so I really want to ask you as people who all of us on this call, you know, look up to and want to support, what do, what do you do to, um, you know, I'm sure it's not true, the image of enduring passion and energy all the time. I'm sure you have hard moments too, because you're human beings. Um, so what are the things that help you to keep showing up, to not give in to those moments of despair, exhaustion, and overwhelm um, to the point that you burn out? How do you keep your spark lit? Uh, whenever you discuss Famosa, my energy rises, it increases. So uh, whenever that happens, I know I have to fight. And I know I'm fighting for the people of the community. And the people in the community depends on me. So that motivates me to continue to want to do the works. Because I know I'm doing it for our lives. We're doing it to save our lives. Because if Formosa Plastics coming to St. James, we won't have a life because we won't be able to breathe the air. And we already can't drink the water. They have, they have benzene in the water, in our drinking water, and other chemicals in our water. So just knowing that the people in St. James are behind me and they, they motivate me and uh, they want me to save the community from Formosa and any other industry that's trying to come in here. And plus, you have to have faith in God. That's the number one. If you don't have faith in God, you will fall. If it wouldn't be for God, I wouldn't be able to do this. So he's the master of my life. And for most, I don't have a chance, not with God. <laughs> no. That's called, uh, called by God. Uh, I took the calling. And my calling is to save lives. So is to protect people, to serve people, to help people. <laughs> 
So it will keep me motivated because I enjoy, I love people. I enjoy helping people. So that will keep me motivated as my calling as a pastor and as in this community. I feel that uh, my heart is not, my heart is of God and God is of love. So I represent God in love. And if I love people, I have to stand up and fight something that we're regular normal people don't fight because of the love that I have for people. And that will keep me motivated. I think for me, the, the motivation comes from the people I get to work with. And, you know, I think when I was younger in my career, it was sort of stepping into my own power and understanding what Stiv as a man can do. And as I got a little older and a little wiser, I realized what can Stiv as a facilitator do? Uh, and, you know, I think one of the biggest challenges in this movement is how do people who are different culturally or have a different skin color talk to each other in a real way? And how do we address some of the inequities uh, of who's getting the money, who's not getting the money, who's represented, who's not? And my production partner and I realized like, it's not as hard as everybody makes it out to be. You, you gotta show up and listen with an open mind. And I think, you know, there's a lot of white privilege in the environmental movement. And if we looked at philanthropy and who gets the money and who doesn't, it's overwhelmingly white-led groups. And, you know, my production partner, Megan Ponder, and I looked at that and said, hey, we're at a place in our career where we have some positional power. I'm motivated by transforming that power, by using whatever power I've gained in this Emmy I've won. Like, that's great. It's nice to get an Emmy. What's awesome about that is people give us money to continue the work. And if we make our work about amplifying everybody else's work, that's how we transform power. So Ms. Sharon has been a rocket in the plastics world and uh, international press, international acclaim, the, one of the most prestigious award you can win as an environmentalist in, in a Goldman Prize. But there are a lot of people out there uh, like Ms. Sharon who are doing great work on the ground from the Ohio River Valley to Los Angeles County to the entire Gulf Coast. And so our work is about working with folks like uh, Rice St. James and bringing them up. And that's the motivation because honestly, I feel if, if we don't do this and we don't switch and pivot how we advocate for solutions and who gets to lead and, and we can't win. So my, the rest of my career is about changing that paradigm and listening uh, to the folks who are the experts because Ms. Sharon and Rice St. James' victory over Formosa can be done again. It can be done everywhere because, right. and, and if you looked at Rice St. James' budget, like we're talking serious, David, <laughs> you know, very, very, very little David. And they still had the power. So it's not all about money. Money can scale the work, but the passion and the faith exemplified in this group that's what we want to multiply. That's what we want to see leading. And that's what we want to see, uh, you know, that's what we want to see. Those are the people we want to see talking to the powers that be. 
And because they do not negotiate harm. Like when I'm in a policy circle or running a bill at a state legislature, my boss at an at a environmental NGO wants a victory and then they can re-up the grant, et cetera. However, I should not be negotiating what is acceptable levels of pollution to a community like St. James Parish. People from St. James should be negotiating that because they're the ones who have to breathe the air. So um, that's what we're aimed at doing. And that gives me a lot of faith in this work moving forward. And if we don't do it, you know, now it's never gonna get done. And by the way, if we don't pass voting rights, it's not gonna get done either. So there's a lot of, a lot of things coming together in our world right now. And we have to work with different uh, disparate groups uh, that may be racial justice or climate justice or um, voting rights groups, because it all will come down to the creating the power we need. Yes, yes. Stiv, can you speak briefly about Peak Plastic Foundation and what you do? And then I want to share the clip about St. James, just show everyone who's watching this little two and a half minute video and then pivot back to Sharon and Joseph to, uh, Pastor Joseph to elaborate. Sure, Peak Plastic Foundation, we formed pretty much immediately after we finished the story of plastic. And the folks who made story of plastic were sort of uh, external to the organization, you know, that is housing it right now. Um, and so we formed our own gig, essentially, um, to continue this intersectional storytelling and, and chase the story that was left unsaid, frankly, in the story of plastic and really deep in, get deep into that. So we're entirely focused on production of, of films that reach mainstream audience and then facilitating amplification and resource deployment to the groups that we work with. Um, and we're not the gatekeeper. We don't want to be the gatekeeper. What we want to do is, you know, put a bright light and, and gather the folks to uh, throw money at them, frankly. Um, that's, that's, our, that's our job. That's our mandate. We aren't a brand. We're not interested in seeing our faces out there. We just want to use our organization to bolster the work of others. And um, we're working in the Ohio River Valley and... Uh, uh, as well as the Gulf Coast right now. Thank you. So this is a short video from the PCAST Plastic Foundation, which Steve directs, and it will show you a little bit of St. James Parish. And let me make sure I have my, yes, okay, here we go. I love St. James Parish because it's a true community. It's a community where we look out for and protect each other. That is why I am here today. I am called to help protect myself, my friends and family from an impending danger. When I was a little girl, we had everything in our garden, butter beans, snap beans, mustard greens, okra. We used to go behind a levee and crawfish. We, didn't, we, we were never sick until 
The first plant came when I was in the eighth or the ninth grade. Cancer Alley, the Mississippi River Chemical Corridor, as it's called, is an 85-mile stretch of land that is home to approximately 136 chemical plants and six refineries and climbing. For a lot of poor white people, the <coughs> chemical plants coming was a step up. On the other hand, for African-American conditions worsened with the plants moving closer and closer to where the black community was. You can't fish in that river anymore. We can't even grow a decent garden anymore. My neighbor on my right side died. The neighbor on my left side died. How many more have to die? The plastics that we use in our everyday life, the chemicals that's used to make those items are being emitted in the air, and we breathe in that. Come and see. Come and breathe this air. I bet you any money you're gonna leave here with a headache or a stomachache. The people that we elected in office, they let us down from way back. What happened in Louisiana was a really tragic story in terms of who benefits and who bears the burden of petrochemicals. That's so sad. Ms. Sharon and Pastor Joseph, I, it is devastating, truly is. devastating what yes, your is. community has gone through and is still going through. And um, I want to ask you, you spoke a little bit about your faith, how your faith anchors you and guides you and um, is a big part of Rice St. James as a, a grassroots Christian environmental justice organization. And um what haven't you said? Is there anything on your heart that you want to share about how your faith is guiding you, guiding your community to stand up for its rights right now? And what also, you know, what are you facing in this moment, having fought for Mosa? Um, you know, again, just what, what's on your heart and, and where's your spirit calling you at this stage in the struggle? Um, my heart is telling me that it's only a matter of time before Formosa make it official that they're going to pull out. And I heard that they're going to another parish. And I don't think they should be anywhere in Louisiana. Because just like they were going to pollute us and poison us, they, they're trying to go to another parish and do the same thing. So my heart is that our public officials ought to be ashamed of themselves for allowing this to happen to human beings. It's like, it's like genocide. It's like we are not people. And they just, they're looking for the profit. They're not looking to save anyone's lives. And I feel like if we had to form an organization to stop these chemical plants from coming in, why do we need elected officials? We don't need parish council members. We don't need a parish president because they sell us down the drain. Thank you.
for profits. And we have to do the work of the parish officials. We're not getting paid to do this work. They're the one that's getting paid. They took an oath to protect the people. They are not doing that. They need to be out of office. We have to form an organization to do these, to do these works. And we're trying to get a, mor a moratorium in St. James Parish with no help from any, any public official. Not one is coming to the aid of the people. So it's awful. And it, it breaks my heart to see how people are dying. Just like I said, on the right side of me and the left side of me, my neighbors died. My two brothers have cancer. I have friends with cancer. I have people dying left and right in St. James Parish, especially in the fifth district where I live because we are living with 12 industries within a 10 mile radius. That's inhumane. People can't live with all these chemicals we're breathing every day. People get balls on their body, they itch. They, they go through so much. The little the chemical plant that we have three miles from my home, the, they emit the particulate matter 2.5. That's tiny little particles that you can't even see it. It gets into your skin, it gets into your hair. Look how many years we've been breathing that, that particle. So something needs to be done. President Biden needs to come down here and see what's going on because our parish and public officials don't care. So we're hoping that he care enough to, to stop this madness. All he can do is do it with a stroke of a pen. He can stop this. And uh, the EPA came down to meet with the citizens of St. James Parish and he didn't want to meet with the public officials and I don't blame him because it's a waste of time talking to the public officials. They are candy coated and act like it's all good and we need the industry for the economy. But in the meantime, on the other hand, they're poisoning us and they don't even think anything of us. So speaking with Michael Regan, I asked to meet with him again in DC and he said he will meet with us again in DC to further discuss this matter because it's, it's, it's genocide, it's killing, it's killing us. Excuse me, we have very few people that still live here because they're trying to wipe this district out. It's so sad. It's just, <clears throat> it kills me, it's just, I've been there. I've been to Ms. Sharon's home. I've, I've been to her house. I've seen the chemical plants. And like, let's remember, each one of these were permitted individually to emit yes. Yes. too much already, even the individual permits. But yes. there is no, there is no cumulative impact permitting. So, like she says, twelve plants within ten mile radius of her home, each one of them is dangerous. Combined, it's lethal. It is genocide. And and let's not forget, you know the legacy too, you know, you have, you have Senator Cassidy on record saying that the people in Cancer Alley are sick because they smoke cigarettes and eat fried chicken. <laughs> literally, he has literally said that. That yes. is direct over racism. And that is a sitting U.S. Senator. Yes. He's got to go. Yes. First of all, 
And we have to expose these people for their corruption. And we'll use the power of story to do it because the stories in the communities here are ancient. Mm -hmm. This is a community. Let's, let's not forget this, this corridor of Cancer Alley is where all the plantations were. This is the legacy of slavery. These are multi-generational families who survived slavery, bought land, built prosperity, built um, dignity and integrity into, into their whole family only to be hit again with the chemical industry. Mm -hmm. And we call them chemical plants. Where does the word plant come from? Short for plantation. Let's not forget that. That's right. You're right, because everywhere there's a everywhere there's a plant, there was a plantation. And <clears throat> they turned it into a chemical plant. And the Bible also says that God created this earth, but he gave us everything we needed. And man just didn't come along and destroy it all. You know, how can we continue to live if God give us clean air, clean water, and clean salt, and they come destroyed? How can we continue to live? because they're destroying what God has given us. And me personally, I always talk about government. It starts with government because our government, our local governments, they allow everything to come in. Uh, and our federal government, they just okay everything. And I think the EPA and the DEQ, they're not doing their jobs because they don't regulate They'll put a fine on these people and they just let them do what they want, you know, because they love money. And that's how they get it. Because if I, if I if they spill something in the Mississippi River and that don't clean it up, but they pay a fine and they move on and it don't be another year, they just spill something else in the same spot, in the same water, and they allow it to happen. So I think with government need to change a lot. And until we get the clean air, clean soil, clean water, we're going to be in trouble. And it's just not in St. James. It's all over because the Mississippi River runs so far. And it dumps into something else. And when it dumps into something else, y'all getting, you know, people getting the same thing that we're getting. So they're killing people slowly. There's a slow death. You know? And I just think that we just need to uh, focus and stay focused and continue to look to see what we can do. Be, and I always say, be dying while it's hot. Right now, the iron is hot. We got to beat it now because it's hot. You can flatten some things out right now. <clears throat> and my heart is always for people, you know what I mean? And because I love people, and that's my heart. You know, and I I can't say enough that people uh love their lives, people love their daily lives. I got grandchildren, I got great grandchildren, and I want to see them live better than what I live. I don't want to see them come because if we continue like this, my grandchildren won't be able to come up in this world. I won't be able to enjoy them, but I want to enjoy them. So that's why I, I do what I do, not for myself, but for my generation that's coming. You know. So Pastor Joseph and Miss Sharon, if there's one thing, and I know there's many things. And I want to, everyone who's listening to this conversation, I want to ask you all to recognize that what they are speaking about, what they're living through, that you are connected to it, that our, you know, lives are connected and, and that we 
are obligated to show up for Rice St. James and for the work that they're doing. And that's what environmental justice is. So I wanna ask you all to recognize that we are in this together, um, that, that we are all called to show up in support. And then I wanna pass the mic back to y'all and ask, you know, what do you wanna ask all of us listening here tonight to do to be in solidarity with you? First, I would like for y'all to pray, to pray for us that we can, that this could be turned around, that we can um, get to President Biden and he could stop it in a split second. If you know someone that's friends with President Biden, ask them to go to him and talk to him on, on behalf of us and explain to him that we are dying and we can't take anymore. We need your help. That's why I'm glad we're doing this so you can, hear from us what we are going through. This is environmental racism. And just like it was racism way back when Dr. King was, gave that famous speech, I have a dream. Someone called me today to ask me how did he inspire me? And I said, yes, he did. Because I think about what he did back then and what we are doing now, it's, it's racism. It's just environmental racism now. And it's genocide because they're killing us, just killing us. They're not, when they wanted to put this plant in a district on the, on the East Bank, our parish council members voted no. They voted it down. When they wanted to put an industry in the 5th district where we live, we are predominantly Black community. They voted yes for it. That's why we have 12. But back then, I didn't know how, how many we had. And I didn't know the effects of the industry because when they first came in, into this area when I was in high school, my dad and everyone thought it was wonderful. I, I went along with them. I didn't know any, any better. So they came in as a friendly neighbor and they were gonna give jobs to the people. And, but they forgot to tell us that, that they were gonna pollute us. They, they left out an important part. Then as we went on and on and on, more came in. That, that plant expanded. And then before you know it, we were getting sick and not knowing why we were getting sick until recently. When I joined Help Association in 2015, that's when I found out about all these chemical plants and how people were getting sick and the effects of the chemicals and people having cancer, people with breathing machines, people with asthma, people coming to the meeting couldn't breathe. And they didn't want to fight the industry because they said the governor approved it. Who is the governor to poison us? So in 2018, we were tired of listening to the stories of not trying to help and not trying to stop the plants. So that's when we took action. And we're going to continue to keep a watch out for our community because no more is coming in here. We have one that's already been approved. The parish council already gave them the permit and they're looking to get started. But we're trying to fight that one also. And uh, <clears throat> for those that are listening, those that are hearing what I'm saying, is that I encourage them to continue to pray for us, that God continue to give us the strength to do the thing that we're doing because it's not easy to take strength and you're doing other things in the course of a day. Uh, 
it takes a lot to do this. It's not an easy task uh, because you're not just fighting uh, the plants. You're fighting your government. You're fighting uh, the world, the one that love that money. I mean, people that love that money, you're fighting them. And that's how we'll fight is. And my knowledge and my, my understanding is that the love of money is the root of all evil. And we don't realize that they're getting money, but at the same time, they're not thinking about their children. They're not thinking about their grandchildren. All they're thinking about is what I'm gonna leave them, what I'm gonna give them. And <clears throat> I tell people with the plants, uh, what good is a job when you don't know if you're gonna make it home? You know, because you're working in a dangerous place. So why would I want to risk myself of going to work and knowing I might not make it home? And a lot of people say, well, Rev, you can drop dead anywhere. That's true. But why would I risk myself <clears throat> over a dollar and knowing that uh, people can operate, people can do things. And <clears throat> we, this place always been sugar cane. And a lot of people made lives off of it. And the way things are going now, the other thing that you can put into the soil that will help you to grow, that you can financially help yourself. But if you ain't got the good soil of planet, you can't help yourself. So I pray and I ask everyone that is listening just to continue to pray for us that God continue to strengthen us, continue doing the work because there's a lot of work need to be done. And it's just not here in St. James, but we need to have a coalition and the coalition should be worldwide. And like Sharon has said, uh, President Biden, he got a job to do. And his job is to make sure because he took an oath that he will protect the, the United States. And his oath is to protect the people. And it's just like me. I took an oath as a pastor, you know, to protect and to serve. So I protect and serve in my own way. And how do I serve? By serving people. How do I love? By loving people. And I love people. I don't care who you are. I don't love people by the color of their skin. It ain't no such thing as that. Because when God died for all of us, he gave all of us that privilege that we can have a right to the tree of life. So it's not about color. So I just love people and I'm praying, asking God to continue giving me my strength to continue doing this work. And Sharon said it earlier that she was learning a lot from the help organization that we, <clears throat> I was the president of that organization and I was operated. I did a lot since 2011, but when the board said I couldn't do no more, I was operating by a board. And when the board said we had to stop, I just stopped, but I never stopped. My fight might have got away from help, but I never stopped my fight because I plan to fight until God says, serve and well done. <clears throat> so that's my motive. Oh, someone put in the chat, do we have any represent representation from any of the parish council members? No. We have seven parish council members and not one. Not, not the one we got in office. That's right. <laughs> they won't even, we, we, we had a meeting with our parish council. <clears throat> and no, no, and no. he he was not on board with us at yes. all. You know. He would not try to help us to stop Formosa. And he made that clear. And I tell St. James, uh, we got to get past that voting for family, voting for friendship. We have to vote for qualification. Uh, I've been living in St. James and I've been watching people and seeing how they vote. People vote on friendship and family, and that's not good. You got to vote on qualification. And that's why I'm hoping that someone will come in and step up and do the right thing. That's gonna stand for people because you can't just stand for yourself. And a lot of elected officials, a lot of people that are in office, all they want is a paycheck. Once they get a paycheck, they forget about the people. 
you know, and that's not just here, that's everywhere, you know. And when our elected officials stand up, when our president of the United States will stand up, when our governors will stand up, we won't have so much a problem. We got a problem because they're not standing, you know. It's, it's them who are allowing industry to come in here. You know. They're the one that's allowing it to come in. They can stop it. Because they use it, they use industries as we need their money. No, we don't need their money. You know, you got enough money in your parish where all the taxes and stuff that we pay. We got enough money in our parish to take care of ourselves. But they depend on the industry when the industry give them a little bit of money. Now the federal will go to passing laws and stuff that, oh, they ain't got to pay taxes for 10 years. I've been, every day I get up, I, I go in the store, nobody say, I don't pay taxes. Hmm. But they can get a tax break. Why we can't get one? That's right. You know, and I just feel that a lot of stuff is crooked, a lot of stuff is wrong. And it goes back to people. When people begin to love people, it's going to be a better world. Thank you. Industry don't love anyone but themselves. Industry want the profit. But we have to pay the price for them to get that profit. And that's wrong. Thank you both. Thank you for speaking <clears throat> from your heart and calling all of us to love you. <laughs> as much as you love all of us, love this world. Um, Stiv, we're going to close out this section. Is there any kind of final thoughts, final asks you want to share, Stiv, before we move on? You're muted. Sorry, the last thing I just wanted to say is the promises of a better life that industry makes. They do this all over the place. They, it never materializes. And if you take Louisiana, like, for example, they're last in the country in education, personal yep. wealth, and, and like every category is they're, they're in the bottom, very bottom. Everything at the bottom. At the country. So when, when a parish council member is saying, you know, we need this, He's right. They do need jobs and they do need money, but this is not the way to development because this is the way backwards. And first of all, nobody's going to get those jobs in St. James. That's you know? right. Like if you go into any of these plants, you'll see trucks with out-of-state license plates. Nobody in the community knows who drives those trucks. Like these promises are false and we got to quit listening to it as a valid political argument because it just is not. And the data is there to show after the plan opens the economic benefit to the community. It's nothing. We're going to You're see right, a lot of this in the next film. You're uh, right, Sid. We'll be working with Pastor Joseph and uh, Miss Sharon and Rising James uh, as we make this new film. So we're excited. All right. Thank you all so much for making time to be with us tonight. Uh, we hear you. We will pray and we will act and do everything that we can to show up, be in community and be in solidarity with all three of y'all. Thank you. Um, so I'm going to pass the mic proverbially over to Reverend Dr. Leonisa. And um, if you would lead us in a ripples of hope exercise. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Pastor Joseph, Ms. Sharon, and Stiv, to, to be in your presence has been a truly inspiring um, 
impactful moment for many of us here, you know, to watch that film and then to hear your experiences. There's something about witnessing that and being here and we were we want to do more than pray right we i'm with you i believe in prayer i think we should do that but i want to invite all of us into this space now to think about how do we take this i'm sure many of us like a little little bit of rage definitely a lot of frustration a bit of overwhelm but we want to transform that into what do we do what do we do next how do we take some action um and uh I know that when it feels daunting, sometimes we just go and like, we're like, and now we're in a little cave, right? Like we wanna be like an armadillo and wrap ourselves up, right? And not be able to, but we can't do that. Like now, I think uh, Pastor Joseph, you just said it, right? Like now is the, while we strike while the iron is hot, I think is what you said, right? And like, there's momentum in this room. There's momentum in many parts of the country. There's lots of momentum among Unitarian Universalists. So we, we should use that momentum. So what I wanna invite everyone to do, and we forgot to remind you at the start of our program. If you have a piece of paper, even if it's like a, you know, napkin, whatever's nearby and a pen or pencil, um, I'm going to ask us to record some ideas, get some thinking. And this is a, a tool I use a lot in my work as a peace educator and also even in my ministry. And I would like you on that piece of paper to draw these concentric circles because we are going to start from a place of intention, a clear intention after we hear, we witness this slow violence, this inhumane treatment. We, we, I wanna invite us all into what we feel called right now to do. And this is gonna be an ongoing activity. This is the kind of thing you can draw in a journal or write somewhere. And when you get an idea or you're feeling inspired or feeling low, I want you to return to this. So we're gonna work at different spheres. This is why I'm calling it this idea of kind of ripples of hope is everything starts with us, right? Like in terms of our commitment to making change. So somewhere in that personal inner circle, I want you to record an intention. Right, and that, and it could be uh, a, a lofty, gigantic one. It could be a small, practical thing you want to try. It could be, you know, whatever's moving you, um, whatever you're feeling called to do on your personal level. And then, and I saw a little in the chat already. These ideas coming out. What then are you thinking about that you can do on an interpersonal level? Are there conversations you? can have? Are there um, uh, phone calls you can make? Is there, you know, uh, I always, I, I, I'll tell my undergraduates, um, have a conversation a day about climate change or whatever you think, or environmental justice, whatever, right? Like that's something we can actually do and maybe start to transform hearts and minds. Then we're going to move it out to the communal. And many of us are members of congregations. That's for many of us, our most important community that we live and work with and care about. And then it, we're going to go global and you can interpret that. That could be national global. That could be global global. After we looked at the film, we recognize how clearly we are all interconnected, that all these pieces fit together. So global could mean, you know, the entire planet, or it could mean whatever, however you interpret it. So I'm going to stop 
talking <laughs> and I'm going to say, let's take a good four minutes of maybe just some quiet and jot down whatever you're being called to do right now in each of those spheres, in each of those concentric circles. We now invite Reverend Rosemary Newberry, who is the minister of the Unitarian Universalist Congregation in Queens to offer our closing prayer for the evening. Hi, um, thank you. And thanks to everyone that was here and everyone that presented. It uh, made a difference in my spirit. Um, when I was asked to, or volunteered to do an earth prayer, this book, Earth Prayers, you might not be able to see it very well, but it's from 1991 and all this stuff is so rich in here and I knew that I would find something. And what I'm gonna read is from the UN Environmental Sabbath Program that was started in 1986. And uh, this is titled, We Join with the Earth and with Each Other. So let's just be in a spirit of joining. To bring new life to the land, to restore the waters, to refresh the air, we join with the earth and with each other. To renew the forests, to care for the plants, to protect the creatures, we join with the earth and with each other. To celebrate the seas, to rejoice in the sunlight, to sing the song of the stars, we join with the earth and with each other. To recreate the human community, to promote justice, and peace to remember all our children. We join with the earth and with each other. We join together as many and diverse expressions of one loving mystery for the healing of the earth and the renewal of all life. This is my prayer, this is my wish, this is my promise. Go in peace.